There's got to be an explanation to all these UFO sightings, right? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. This is a WTOP original podcast. Coming up in this episode of Target USA. A deep look into the horrible Hamas attack on Israel. Its impact on that country, on Gaza, and the rest of the world. Three interviews starting from Saturday, shortly after it took place, to right now. What led up to it? Were there warnings? What will be done about it? And what's in progress? Coming up on this episode... From WTOP in Washington, D.C., this is Target USA. America has a target on its back. And on this program, we investigate the threats, the people behind them, the agencies fighting them, and the impact on you. This is Target USA. The National Security Podcast. I'm J.J. Green. We have three stories to share with you about the crisis in Israel and in Gaza. First, we have an interview with Eldad Beck, who is an Israeli journalist, and we spoke with him on Saturday as the invasion was unfolding. Next, we speak with Lior Weintraub. He's a former diplomat who was based here in Washington, who is in Israel now and is a member of the Israeli Reserves. He talks about his situation on the ground when it was happening and what's happening in his life right now. And then finally, we speak with Lieutenant Colonel Jonathan Konrikas, who is the international spokesman for the Israeli Defense Forces about what the plan is to deal with everything that's in front of them. First, our interview with Eldad Beck on Saturday, October 7th. Eldad, where are you now? And what are you hearing about what's happening in Israel? Um, Right now, I'm in Berlin, Germany. Um, I actually uh, started uh, getting information about the situation, the dramatic situation in Israel uh, early this uh, morning, uh, more or less when the uh, terrorist um, military operation uh, started. Uh, What we are getting until now in the situation is not uh, clear, totally clear is that we had a um we are dealing with a uh, massacre with uh unbelievable proportions um the uh, hamas and the islamic jihad managed in an unexplainable way to uh, get through the um fence that uh, goes around the uh um, Gaza Strip, and which was um, built especially in order to uh, avoid such uh, eventualities. Um, and uh, once they managed to break the fence, um, forces of dozens of terrorists just went through. First of all, the, they attacked um, soldiers on the spot then they um, went on to uh, nearby uh, cities and uh, villages 
uh, attacked civilians in one place in uh, Sderot. They yeah. attacked the main uh, police station. Um, then they also attacked the uh, main military uh, headquarters in the area where I believe there are still fighting uh, going on, which is also uh, hard to believe. Um, they also uh, attacked a um, musical event um, that ha happens once a year in this time of um, New Year, Jewish New Year uh, holidays, where there were uh, hundreds of uh, Israelis um, and apparently uh, many of them were hurt. Uh, the numbers that we have until now is um, around at least, I would say, at least 50 Israeli dead, um, yeah. hundreds of uh, Israeli yeah. wounded. El dead. Um, what we're hearing now is that there are more than 100 Israelis dead and oh. close to 1,000 that have been wounded. And these yeah. numbers are happening fairly quickly. But uh, I wanna ask you this question. Um, one of the things that I've heard a lot of people asking on the ground in Israel is how could this happen? Um, I wanna pose that question to you. This appears to be a massive intelligence failure. Do you see that the same way? I think it's much worse because um, in recent months, um, we had the information that um, a massive attack is being prepared. Um, it was said that actually the next coming, the coming war is going to be fought on several fronts at the same time. And Gaza was definitely one of the fronts. What I um, failed to understand is uh, why so far the other fronts were not activated by mainly the Hezbollah and other uh, Iranian agents in the area. Um, this is probably something that we will find out in the coming hours or days, because um, I think that we are actually in the beginning of a rolling story. It's not far from being the end. Israel will have to find ways to react, and this reaction will uh, also create a reaction uh, yeah. from the Arab side. You have to also yeah. remember that uh, the head of the uh, uh, military wing in Hamas actually called all Arabs and Muslims to join the Palestinians in this specific uh, fight against Israel. Eldad, I have heard as well that there have been hostages taken. Um, and I think, as you mentioned, Sterot, which was an entry point, um, they may have come from Sterot. What what have you heard about hostages in this situation? Uh, what we hear is that there are dozens of hostages. Uh, by the way, some of them are still hostages on, uh, on Israeli soil. Oh. Uh, and uh, in one of the kibbutzim, there are some dozens of persons held uh, hostage, hostages, and there were dozens of Israelis kidnapped, soldiers and civilians that were uh, taken by uh, the uh, Palestinian territory, uh, terrorists into the Palestinian territories of uh, Gaza. 
so this obviously makes everything uh, much more complicated because um, in the case of a very severe Israeli attack, uh, these persons, especially the soldiers, could be executed by the Palestinians. Uh, the Israeli government has to think very carefully about what it does and how it does it. But on the other hand, the scale of the attack that we have witnessed today doesn't leave uh, many options. Uh, there are calls within the Israeli uh, population actually to annihilate uh, Gaza. I don't think that any Israeli government would uh, be able to uh, do such a thing. But uh, definitely there is a need for a military uh, uh, operation that would um, force Israel yeah. to enter Gaza again yeah. and uh, do a very thorough cleaning work uh, of the uh, terrorist uh, infrastructure there. Yeah, that was my next and last question. Um, it seems to me that if Israel does anything on Gaza soil, um, that it won't be quick. This could be a long lasting thing. What are your thoughts? Um, I mean, we we see that the operation which uh, started today by the Palestinian ter terrorists uh, was thoroughly thought and prepared. And I am 100% sure that they also um, took into account an Israeli um, entry, uh, entry uh, into their um, uh, territories. Um, and I think that um, this sort of fighting will be extremely bloody. Um, mm. However, um, I believe that we have come to a point where, I mean, the many Israeli governments in the past avoided such a step uh, because of the price that we will have to pay. But after the massive massacre that we have witnessed today, I don't think that um, the government will have any other option than um, getting into Gaza and uh, doing a very thorough uh, work, despite the fact that it might cost the lives of many soldiers. I just hope that the Israeli uh, army uh, is much more prepared for such an operation than it was prepared for preventing what uh, we are seeing in these hours. That was Eldad Beck. He's an Israeli journalist who's actually based in Germany right now. But uh, we spoke on Saturday morning at the very beginning of what's turned out to be absolutely a horrific incident. And it's still ongoing. Many thanks to Eldad for speaking to us. Next, we spoke with Lior Weintraub, uh, a former diplomat from the Israeli government who worked here in Washington. Uh, we spoke to him a couple of days ago. He's in Israel now, and he's serving as a reservist in the Israeli Defense Forces. Lior, would you recap for us um, how you found out about this situation and your first thoughts and you know everything that came to you once you were hearing about this? Yeah, so um, I woke up in my house in Eritrea at 6.20 a.m. for the sound of air siren. Uh, we rushed, uh, my wife and myself, we rushed to the safe room, yanking our kids from uh, their beds. 
Uh, and we were about to go back to, I was about to go back to sleep because uh, as weird as it sounds, uh, air sirens in, in Israel are something that you get used to. So after the two or three minutes when you see it and you hear there's no direct hit, you go back to sleep. By chance, we opened the TV. And as the TV channels started broadcasting, you know, went on air with news because it was a holiday and they didn't have the staff in their studio and stations, the picture started to unfold. We start. We all start to understand that this is not just a regular, you know, with, uh, as, as much as a, a barrage of a 2,000 missile can be regular. This is not just a missile or rocket attack. This is also a ground assault. And that uh, our cities and, uh, and and communities around the Gaza border are being overrun by terrorists, thousands of terrorists. In the picture, where the the picture were horrendous, they're seeing a Toyota trucks uh, with terrorists, exactly like uh, the one of Daesh ISIS in our city, shooting shooting Israelis that were came back uh, from synagogue, uh, shooting police officers, shooting bystanders, breaking into uh, houses. And the more and more pictures and evidence started to uh, flow, we understand that uh, we understood that there is a massacre going on. And obviously, um, feelings were, um, you know, the feeling is is really really bad. Um, yeah. So, you are in the military. You've been called up as a reservist. Um, what are your, what are your expectations now? So like every Israeli, obviously, again, we've been, we got used to these rounds of violence with Hamas. After the disengagement in 2005, we thought that there is a real window of opportunity to make Gaza into the Singapore of the Middle East. When Hamas won the election, but uh, you know, threw out and, and did a bloody coup against the uh, government of uh, the PLO and threw uh, the PLO operative from roofs, we understood that uh, living side by side with a terrorist organization next door will be challenging. But we kept on looking for a way to find some sort of a accommodation that. Um, will give some sort of hope to the people of Gaza and uh, will enable the people of in southern Israel uh, to go about with their day-to-day life. But in the last uh, three years, the, these rounds were happening more frequent. And Israeli cities and communities, half of Israel is under uh, the range of uh, Hamas missiles. And they've been shooting thousands and thousands of them on civilian populations. The only thing that stands that stood between a, a, a monthly massacre in Israeli civilians was the uh, missile defense system, the Iron Dome, that saves life. Um, but now we understand that uh, the, this is a reality that we cannot um, live with anymore. 
חמאס בוטשרד thousands of our citizens and soldiers and kidnapped anything between 100 to 200 Israelis that and they were the lucky ones because their neighbors and families uh, were shot blank on blank in their in their uh, and, and I mean children elderly uh, women pregnant women and uh, The pictures are all out there, and you can see the ISIS uh, operation of these uh, of the Hamas operative imitating very, very carefully the uh, operation of ISIS. There are very graphic pictures of how Israelis are uh, being massacred. And uh, we also had our uh, you know, best unit engage these hundreds of hundreds of Of the militant in our in, in communities um, and some of them fought very very bravely in order to uh, save the life of these citizens many of them uh, paid with their life our top units so obviously there is a very wide consensus here in Israel that uh, things uh, are about to change uh, the Israeli uh, Air Force has been uh, attacking the Uh, Hamas uh, targets in the last uh, 24 hours uh, while our uh, ground uh, troops are uh, uh, making uh, you know, the final effort in order to complete uh, uh, the, the assumption of, of control of these uh, cities and uh, communities and now uh, we, the, the citizens of Israel expect the government and the army to And to do whatever you can to make sure this doesn't repeat and it needs to uh, change the rules of the game in a way that will make sure Hamas is being toppled then this is what uh, should happen we are um, one of the questions that many of us are scrambling and struggling with right now is Israel has one of the best intelligence forces in the world and if not the best. And there's this question about how this surprise could have happened. Have you any answers for that? Well, I don't have any answers. I don't know anyone who has answers. Uh, this is a question that uh, um, concerns all of us. Right now, we know that uh, in a few weeks, we will investigate uh, this question very, very deeply. Uh, but we also know that our challenge right now is to fight, to fight our enemy and that uh, when we are uh, when our police and emergency services are retrieving whole families dead from their homes retrieving more than 300 bodies from a rave party that took place. Just say uh, one kilometer from the border, it was called the Peace Festival. So we don't have to have time to ask this question right now. Uh, we would like to make sure this uh, threat is averted. And then once we do that, once we'll complete this task, we'll sit and we'll ask all the tough questions and we'll, na- we'll make sure the government will make sure and the army will make this never, ever happens again. Uh, this you... is a huge surprise. This is 
you know, if there's one thing we all, we, in Israel, we have the people's army. We all participate. We pay taxes to make sure we have the best army. We send our kids there. We get the best equipment, the best training, the best technology. And apparently, 364 days we do. And the one day we don't, we pay dearly. And uh, this is a region that we can, you cannot go, cannot be weak even for one second. If we are, you are uh, being blindsided or weak, you pay the price immediately. And this is what happened to us. Yeah, indeed. Um, one one final thing to ask. Um, so so as as you do what you have to do, what's what's your expectation in terms of your service? How does that work? Is it uh, a certain amount of time or is it open ended right now? And, and what exactly is your job that you do? So, uh, JJ, I will not get into that. You know, my interview with you is in my uh, civilian capacity. But uh, I can tell you that uh, many, many uh, Israelis, most of the Israelis are serving in on reserve. Uh, this is part of what we do. I mean, on one day, we lecture in the university, we go about our business, we eat uh, dinner with our uh, family, and then the phone rings, and uh, we know this is our time to serve again. Okay, no matter what age are we, uh, so I'm doing it gladly, uh, whatever is needed for me. And I'm mm -hmm. looking forward for this threat to be averted uh, so I can go back to my uh, my civilian life. I want to say another, just one comment, if I may. Um, first of all, I, uh, as an Israeli, you had, you know, we had the, probably the worst day of our in history since the inception of Israel. Uh, so, seeing the speech of uh, President Biden said Israel will get the complete support, and uh, seeing the uh, statements uh, from the U.S. Uh, Congress and Senate is heartwarming. It means a lot. Uh, including the uh, sending of uh, the aircraft carrier to the region. It's bringing me to the, uh, my second comment, that what we're seeing here uh, is Iranian proxies uh, playing on the Middle East, you know, greater uh, uh, chessboard. Uh, so we have one eye in Gaza, towards Gaza. We have one eye towards uh, Lebanon, where we have a major Iranian proxy. And uh, according to a uh, Wall Street Journal, story uh there was a consultation and a blessing from iran and guidance from iran for this uh, attack and we also keep our keeping eye on iran at the same time and this is important i think to all uh, members of the international community to understand that uh, um you know with a miscalculation of uh, uh, nasrallah we might uh, thinking maybe that this is an opportunity and we also we already seen seeing some uh, clashes on the border uh, we will see a much, much uh, bigger uh, conflict in the region, which I believe, I'm positive that Israel will prevail strong uh, with a price, but know that in my mind. Well, Lior, thank you for taking time to speak with us honestly and candidly about that situation. And um, we are thinking about you and we'll continue to do that and uh, to pray as well. Uh, for you and for everyone there. And we wish you the best and um, we will stay in touch with you. So thank you again. 
Thank you, JJ. Thank you for this opportunity. Thank you for your prayer. Thank you for the American people for their friendship and love. And finally, perhaps most importantly, our conversation with Lieutenant Colonel Jonathan Conricus, who is the international spokesperson for the Israeli Defense Forces, as we talk to him about their perception of what took place, what's going to happen next, and what indeed is happening right now. Lieutenant Colonel Conricus, um, just if you would, just put into context or just give us an understanding of what it is that the IDF and Israel are preparing to do right now in the wake of this invasion. Let's talk about the invasion first. The invasion started uh, more than three days ago. The results of that Hamas invasion, that unprecedented, unprovoked attack on our territory, is that there are more than 900 dead Israelis and more than 2,500 wounded Israelis. The overwhelming majority of those are civilians, women, children, families, elderly people, even disabled people, and even children and babies. Um, It took us a lot of time to reclaim control over southern Israel and close the border. We understand that this was a premeditated attack that Hamas spent a lot of time preparing and unfortunately were able to execute their plan. And uh, what we're doing now is uh, clearing up southern Israel, closing the border, striking Hamas with vengeance in uh, Gaza using our air force, striking its military targets, its command centers, hunting down their commanders, and striking everything we know that exists in Gaza that is related or serves Hamas's military purposes, which means that it is a legitimate military target. I want to emphasize, we are not, we don't strike civilian targets, we strike military targets. They may look civilian, but that's only because Hamas doesn't have the courage to actually say that he's using civilian buildings, but we know which buildings they use. And uh, we are committed to fighting along the or according to the laws of armed conflict. We've mobilized reserves, 300,000 of them, and they are now in southern Israel gearing up and preparing for their task. The task will be to dismantle Hamas's military capability. It will take time. It will be bloody, long, difficult, and challenging. But at the end, the situation on our southern border will be that there won't be a Hamas with the military capability to threaten Israeli civilians. Lieutenant Colonel Conricus, there have been reports that some 1,500 bodies of Hamas fighters or militants have been found. What does that tell you about the force that uh, they put together for this, this invasion? It tells us that the uh, effort here was an all-out effort by Hamas. This is something that they were willing to uh, sacrifice, so to speak, quote-unquote, a significant part of their fighting power in order to achieve. Uh, I am quite sure that the terrorists who crossed into Israel knew that the chances of getting back were not high. Uh, And uh, indeed, we have killed many, many terrorists that uh, invaded into our country in order to butcher our civilians. Unfortunately, many terrorists were able to enter and leave 
after killing Israeli civilians, women, children, elderly, and unfortunately also after taking Israelis in uh, into captivity into Gaza. This, there have been reports as well about a second or more than one front to fight this war on, uh, another front. Um, what can you say about that? Uh, Iran, which is the world's largest state sponsor of terrorism, has built a network of proxy organizations around our borders. In Gaza, it's Hamas and the Islamic Jihad. And in Lebanon, it is Hezbollah, which is by far the biggest and most powerful Iranian proxy organization. It's a non-state actor, but it has almost state capabilities in terms of firepower and uh, military might. Uh, that is the northern border. We are deployed along the northern border and uh, prepared for various attacks. There have already been skirmishes, rockets and missiles that have been fired at the Israeli troops, an infiltration attempt that has been successfully thwarted by us. So it is an active combat area, but it is it hasn't escalated, and I hope that it won't escalate yet. Uh, just before we, uh, just before I leave, I would just like to take the opportunity for people listening to this in uh, in Washington D.C. to say how important it is that the U.S. Congress and the Senate stand squarely behind the state of Israel and are unequivocal in their support of uh, our right to defend ourselves. This is a right that we are going to seize and. Uh, get the job done and make sure that the security situation in Israel changes for the better permanently. So thank you for your support, and I wish all of the listeners a great day and uh, good news. Thank you. Thank you, Lieutenant Colonel. If I may, just one really quick question, if you have just another few seconds. Um, yeah, seconds, but but then I really have to go because I have a live shot. Dealing with the hostages, what's the plan? The plan is to... Uh, to uh, dissemble Hamas's military capabilities. That's the plan. And I won't go into further details about how, when, where we're going to return uh, the Israelis and the other dual nationals of them, Americans as well. Uh, it will be done, uh, but I'm not going to go into details. Lieutenant Colonel Jonathan Conricus, the international spokesperson for the Israeli Defense Forces. A horrific event that's taken place that it's likely going to change the complexion of the Middle East and certainly Israel and Gaza for a very long time. That's it for this episode of Target USA. Coming up in our next episode. I hesitate to say what to expect in the next episode because of the sheer impossibility of predicting what will happen next. First there was Ukraine, then there was Sudan, now there is this. We'll see what happens and we'll bring it to you for sure. The best in our reporting. Coming up on our next episode of Target USA. In the meantime, if you have any questions or comments about the program, send me an email. You can reach me at jgreen at wtop.com. The letter J, the color green, one word, at Whiskey Tango Oscar Papa. jgreen at wtop.com. Also, please subscribe to our podcast and follow us on Twitter. We're at TUSA Podcast. That's at Tango Uniform Sierra Alpha Podcast. And if you want more national security news, you can sign up for my newsletter. It's called Inside the Skiff, and you can sign up at WTOP.com slash email. I'm J.J. Green, and this is Target USA. The National Security Podcast.